From lifestyle, fitness, beauty, travel, relationships, and self-care, Steph's got you covered. Welcome to your safe space, where you can stop what you're doing, relax, and let someone else do the heavy lifting for once. This is the Luxury Dropout Podcast with your host, Stephanie Joplin. What's up, fellow dropouts? It's me, Stephanie Joplin, your host of Luxury Dropout. I am so glad that you are here today with us. I have got my friend, Sophie Sanguidolce. She is joining us all the way from San Diego, California. She is a body positivity and fitness influencer. And I love her style because she truly gets it. And she sends the message across that it's okay to love your body. It's okay to love yourself and to give yourself a pat on the back. And I just love her sweet disposition. We talk about a lot of subjects during this podcast. And one of those is dealing with internet trolls, dealing with posting your body and being vulnerable, dealing with your body image and how to handle that and what's right for you. We talk about juggling, being a content creator with corporate life. We talk about the pitfalls of fitness influencers on all social platforms and how they possibly might be poisoning the internet. So without further ado, let's get right into it. And let's welcome Sophie Sanguidolce to The Luxury Dropout. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the Luxury Dropout podcast with me, Stephanie Joplin. Today I have a sweet friend on with me on the podcast, and I'd like to welcome Sophie Sanguidolce to the show. How are you? Good. You pronounced my last name so well. Well, you know, I speak Italian, so there's that. I could even say it like fancy, like Sanguidolce, you uh, know. I'm supposed to say it Sanguidolce. I have to do the hand. Yeah, the hand is really important. And it's so funny because my mom and my dad both have this, but they both mean different things. So my mom is Italian and my dad is Egyptian. So in Egypt, this means wait, like, wait a minute, like wait. And this in Italian means like, what are you talking about? Or it means like perfect or like it has different meanings. So yeah, we have different ways of gesturing in our household. A lot of this. So (laughs) miscommunication. Yeah. So Sophie and I met on Instagram and I loved her content and instantly fell in love with her. She's got the sweetest personality and just your content really resonates, I think, with a lot of women because you put workouts out there that are both functional and easy to replicate, say, in your home. You don't necessarily have to have a lot of equipment. It's easy to follow. You give very clear instructions You have a beautiful body, obviously, but you're not so body focused. You're more focused on the form and also the functionality of whatever it is you're talking about. So tell me a little bit about how you got started in fitness specifically, and then how you translated that to your content online. Oh yeah. Actually, it's funny. I talked to my parents. I was going through a bit of a rough patch. I guess it was in the middle of quarantine and I kind of lost my happiness. And I called my parents and I said, When I was a toddler in my purest form of a human being with no worries of judgment or anything, what made me happy? And the number one thing they said was exercise and like moving your body. Oh, wow. I I had so much energy. I was always stretching, like always trying to move my body. And it's true. It's like, I've always been a really active person. And so I guess when I was a kid, I was always into sports and stuff. But when I was old enough to get into a gym, I was immediately in. 
This is always my favorite thing. One of my really good friends in middle school, her dad is a big MMA fighter and he made a gym and I would go there when I was totally not old enough to be in a gym yet. And just like go to town. And I don't, I just love the idea of being physically strong. Cause I've always been a very short, small human being. Now I want to be strong and I don't, I don't How tall are you? Five, two and three quarters. Okay. Yeah. The three quarters is very important. It makes a difference. I can't yeah. say five, three, but I'm almost there. I'm five, five and a half. And I have to specify there's a half. So I understand. Give yourself some height. <laughs> so how did you translate that into online content? You decided last year when you spoke with your parents, you said, let me put this online. Or did you get back into the gym more heavily or what happened? So I guess my fitness and health journey was kind of rocky, to be honest. I was really into it as a kid. Like I said, when I was in high school, I was doing like double days. I would go on the Stairmaster till it stopped at one hour and I would keep going. Like I would, Dang, girl. yeah, but to be honest, I'm sure we'll talk about this. My motive for exercising was totally different than it is now. And it was in a much more negative way, I guess. And so I kind of formed this like difficult, weird relationship with fitness and working out. And then I was really into dance. So I chose dance as like my version of moving my body for a while. And then I think like halfway through college, I started really heavily going to the gym again. So I did like 5.30 AM session, 6.30, like break of dawn. I was getting up. I was when the doors opened. You're wild. I know, but I had a whole crew that did it with me, which honestly, gym buddies changes the game. I mean, in college, I will be honest with you at 5.30 AM, I was a hundred percent still drunk, like from the night. Before. Okay. Weekends. I was not doing this. <laughs> and I probably had like five corn dogs the night before. And I was like, but yeah, this was not on weekends. Don't you worry. But I would have passed away. I got back into it then. And then when I graduated college, I stayed decently consistent but I was working so hard in my first job out of college. Like I was the first person in last person out that by the time it came for me to go to the gym, I just did not have the energy at all. So that's when it kind of took the back burner. And then when quarantine happened, that's when I was like, well, I have so much time. Like I was going to the gym before work at my company's office, but I wasn't like really working out. Like I wanted to, I was just going to go and say, I move my body. And then when quarantine happened, I was like, this is my chance. I have so much free time. I'm not commuting two hours to and from work. Like I can do this. So I got really back into eating well, really back into finding workouts that were actually fun for me. Not just ones that I was like, oh, I have to do this to see progress, which you don't have to do just one thing. Right. Yeah. And then I got a coach that was super helpful with just my schedule. So I wouldn't make excuses and, you know, not get around to it. And then I made my fitness Instagram the week that I finished my coaching and just did at-home workouts and took it from there. Wow. So it really hasn't even been that long. It's been maybe a year, I guess, right? Yeah. I just hit a year in June of having my account. Wow. Okay. That is fantastic. First of all, congratulations because you've grown it so well and you are doing stuff that I don't even see creators that have been at it for five years doing and engaging the way that you do and replying to every comment and being consistent with your posting and keeping up with all of the algorithm changes. Like you're really doing all of those things. How do you actively stay on top of those things? Do you sit there and do you scroll for hours or do you read about it online or how do you keep current? Oh, it's hard because with my corporate job, I'm working 12 plus hours every single day, just on that. Yeah. And so it gets really difficult. I would say usually what I do is I wake up extra early. So like five or five 30, if I can get my butt out of bed <laughs> and then while I'm having my coffee and stuff, I'll do my gratitude manifestations, all that. 
I'll take the time to go on Instagram and just scroll. I'll go through the hashtags that I use. I'll mainly go through people who have tagged me in their stuff. And with the comments just throughout the day, I have to try and get to it. Today, I haven't gotten to my comments yet, but I will at the end of the day. Well, you put out two excellent posts today. So you've got a lot of comments to go through. Yeah, there's some stuff to go through. That's for sure. But I think it's like, I get so excited when I get comments and stuff that any break that I get, I'm like, I need to go try and do it too. Got to support our other girls. But it's really just finding breaks. And then right when I wake up and then right before bed, I just go to town and I try and do research on like trends. The algorithm I swear is changing like every day now. I don't know what's going on. I know it's so hard. I mean, I see my engagement sometimes where even my story views, like I'm like 1700 story views and then it's like 500. And I'm like, what happened here? Like what's happening? Like, it's so strange. And same thing with my likes. Like sometimes I'll get a post that's 2000 and then another post will get 348. And I'm like, is Instagram okay? That's like, literally me today. I checked my insights on the workout I posted when I got out to 1,100 people the whole day. That's so odd. And it was a great post. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. Instagram has some stuff to figure out. They do. And TikTok is such a great tool, but on the other hand, it is also difficult because like, even if you're putting out content consistently, you don't always hit the lottery. And like, I've been putting out content on there for almost a year. I took granted, I took like a six month break, but even when you're putting out content consistently, like I think maybe at most 4,000 views and that's on the very high end, like it's typically around two to 300 for me. And so I haven't quite cracked the code. I think it's an excellent tool. And I think with the right content, you can really take off. And obviously we know this because of music artists that have literally gotten record deals just from singing on TikTok and people getting extra famous, just like Addison Ray. Like we didn't know who she was before TikTok. And now she's like one of the most famous people on the planet. Like just crazy. I know. You know, speaking of TikTok, not that I've cracked the code by any means, but I started posting more consistently, but I noticed like before I would literally get out to like 200 people. And I was like, I don't understand how anyone's blowing up on TikTok. And then I noticed you have to catch trends really, really early of sound. Yes. So I started implementing that. And then I've had two videos. One's at 1.5 mil. One is at a million. And I've gotten a little bit higher. I went from a thousand to now I'm at like 18.5 followers. 18.5 thousand guys, 18.5 thousand. I'm just saying people aren't catching on half of a human. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. And I need to look for you because I actually don't think I follow you on there, which is weird, Um, but I need to find you. Yeah, I don't think I have you on there actually. Yeah, because I don't interact as much. I scroll for ideas and I have found guests for the podcast on TikTok, but I don't sit around and like interact a whole bunch. Sometimes I'll find an account that makes me giggle and like cackled myself to death where I'm in tears. And I'll just like scroll through that for hours. But mostly I'm looking for ideas for the podcast, if I'm honest. No, I do too. I mean, I think also the thing that makes me nervous, I never comment on TikToks because if you're friends with anybody and they see that TikTok as well, your comment will be at the very top. And I'm like, not that I'm that worried about embarrassing myself, but I don't want to comment. I don't want to be at the top. Yeah. Well, if it's like a thirst trap TikTok and you comment some like hard eye emoji or whatever, and someone screenshots it, send it to your boyfriend, whatever, like, oh my God, I would die. No, it's okay. All those TikTok boys can. Oh, I know. God, just for clout. But they, some of them are really fine. I have to say, I mean, 
I can't lie. They are well-crafted humans. Yeah. And I feel like a cougar. Cause you know, like I'm in my thirties. And so like, I'm looking at these 20 year old boys and I'm like, Oh, he can get it. And then I'm like, Ew, I'm old. That's disgusting. What's wrong with you know, me? What's like confusing me is that I'll always see these TikToks, even like a girl's too. And they'll look like they're like in their mid twenties and they're 16. Yeah, like, I know what's going on. I looked my age then. I didn't know how to do makeup and I definitely didn't have anything in this area. Yeah. I was awkward as hell. I had like one eyebrow and like my hair was frizzy. I mean, it wasn't cute. Mm-mm. Oh, did I ever tell you about my boy haircut that I had? No, what boy haircut? Think of Audrey Hepburn, but with, okay. Yeah. I had that for five years. Okay. Okay. I can't picture it at all. I'm not, I'm not picturing it. I do. I really want to see it. This will be fun. I love exposing myself. (laughs) Okay. This is the story. I was in second grade. I had a teacher. I admired her so much. She was like the coolest human on earth. And she had a pixie cut and second grade, like you are so far prepubescent. Like you (laughs) wouldn't be doing that quite yet. I mean, you can't totally, but I still was a very like girly girl, but then I really wanted this haircut. I was like, that is so badass. And so I'm trying to debate if I want to show you the cute ones or the bad ones. I mean, either really. I want to see. That's more like medium embarrassment. Anyway, <laughs> I kept it from second grade until the end of seventh grade. And oh, mind how much I moved. So I was the new kid showing up, looking really exciting. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> I was mistaken for a boy all the time. Like in PE, you know how you all wear like the same shirt and shorts and stuff. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times like guys that come from behind and be like, Hey, Sean. And I would turn and be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, Oh, that oh. hurts. I was like, can you guys come? Which they never even did. I'm like, hello. Anyway, they're beautiful. They're perfect. Don't worry. Thank you. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. No. Oh, wow. It's short. Oh, it's, it's real short. short. Oh, Wow. So my sister had a very similar cut to yours and she also sweet thing had one eye that was stronger than another. So she had to use a patch on one eye. Yeah. You too. too. So she had the cut and the patch and she didn't develop early like I did. And so she'd be like, where's the bathroom? And they'd point her to the boys restroom and she was just destroyed. Poor thing. Poor love. I know I'm exposing her too, but she's so gorgeous and so womanly now. I mean, she's got two beautiful children. So that was a long time ago, but she literally same haircut as you. Same. And you know what? I always look back on those times and I'm like, oh man, did I feel crushed in the moment? Or like, oh my gosh, the bullying that came from that when I was a kid. Made me a strong woman. Of course. Of course like, it does. It definitely does. Me. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, do you ever get negative comments on your stuff? Oh, yeah. Actually, I went live on TikTok today during my lunch for like five minutes. I just got a new perfume and I was like doing a little tester. Not the YSL. It is chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Bougie. I don't know. But I was on the live and there was like 40 people on. It was not a big deal. And I was just like doing a Q and A and people were talking, asking questions. And someone literally goes, oh my gosh, she's so boring. She's just another wannabe Addison Ray." And I was like, huh? am I boring? <laughs> like, you're so mean. First of all, you're not doing what Addison's doing. And secondly, you're not boring. So thank you. Also, like if they're bored, there's a little X and you just click out. That's 
That's what you need to do. I think I literally said that. I was like, you don't have to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Like no one's holding you hostage here. Like you're welcome to leave. Okay. The worst comments I ever got. Cause you know, when reels blow up. Yeah. Totally gets to the most random internet trolls. I posted, I think it was the first one that like decently did well when reels were first coming out. And it was this one where I was talking about like, like wear the sports bra kind of a thing. And the amount of men in my comments, I remember I screenshotted a lot of them and I totally exposed these people. And I put it on my stories, like 10 of the worst comments. And the one that stuck with me, that just shakes me to my core. And keep in mind, he had a picture with his like girlfriend or wife or something in his profile picture. He said, I hope I don't say this wrong. He said something like, when you guys dress like that, you obviously know that a consequence is going to happen to you. Like you're going to be attacked or like someone's going to try and like do something like a literal consequence. It just shook me to my core. I was like, I literally responded and I was like, whoever that girl is in your photo, I am hoping she is okay. Like you are a terrifying human. That's triggering. Yeah. Okay. I have a lot of things to say about that. So I'm just going to tell you that I think that's horrible. Because I'm about to ask you for his account so I can go report him to the FBI. Like literally, that's a (laughs) I'm about to go ham on this motherfucker. But honestly, like for me, my whole life I've been ripped apart about my body. And that's why I post a lot of the body positivity stuff. And also like exposing myself by saying, yeah, I used to Photoshop myself like all the time. And that's not to say like, say like, there's a part of my shirt that's sticking out and making me look weird. Like I don't Photoshop that that's different. I'm talking about when you're completely altering your body that it looks like this and you've made it to this, that's not okay. And that's what I was doing because I've never been naturally thin. I've always been chubby, like since I was a kid really. So it's taken a long time for me to get comfortable with people making comments about my body. I've always had the boobs. I've always had a big ass. I've always had big hips. And so men were hitting on me that were like in their twenties when I was 13, like, and they had no idea that I was 13. And in fact, my first kiss, I was 13 and the guy was 24 and he had no clue. And I didn't tell him. And at the time, nobody was educating people into like, child molestation, like that kind of thing. I was just excited that a guy wanted to kiss me. Right. And technically, okay. So like we were in Europe. So I feel like I like excused it. I'm like, he's French. It's fine. Like no big deal. But I was just uneducated in that, that it wasn't right for a 13 year old to kiss a 24 year old. I didn't know. I was so long ago. It was literally so long before the internet, before Facebook, like anything. Right. And so my comments that get to me are, well, not anymore, but that used to really get to me are like, you're fat, you need to work on your body, whatever. So I have actually put a filter on my Instagram comments that basically take away the ability of anybody to comment something negative about my body in like saying like fat or pig or pig in Italian, because people do that. Anything related to a negative connotation, like for my body. And that is not only to protect me, but it's to also protect the other people who might be triggered by a comment like that and seeing my content. But the other day, someone got around it and they commented on that. It's like a long sleeve brown shirt that I'm wearing. And I'm just like posed off to the side. And they said, your body is not sexy. You need to do cardio, something like that. I just blocked him immediately, but I was just like, 
why do you take time out of your day to comment? It just doesn't make sense to me. And it probably never will because I will never think that way. But it's either A, someone who's incredibly unhappy with themselves and just sitting there wanting to bring misery to you because they're miserable or it's a troll, like one of the two. So it doesn't bother me anymore. But two years ago, I could safely tell you that I would probably would have cried like for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I remember I saw your post that you did. That wasn't that long ago, actually. We were talking about all the comments and it's frustrating because the internet is a really powerful place to spread good information and help others. But then again, it's like every time I've gotten a comment like that or something that's really negative and really inappropriate, I always sit back and I try and ask myself that question. Like, what is it? And I usually come up with the two things that you said, but it's like, I still can't wrap my head around why somebody would want to say that to somebody else. And then I always try and think of like that person physically holding their phone, typing that out. Yeah. Going after has been like, yes, like, yes, I got her. What did that give you? I will never understand that. But truly, I think the main finger you can point is just at people who are severely unhappy and mad at the world and just get off of spreading negativity. Yeah. And big turning point for me. And I think you could probably relate to this is I started creating content for others and not for me. I took the focus off of validation for me and more like, I want it to be like education and positivity for other people. So I don't know if you can relate to that. Oh, 100%. When I first started posting, I didn't think anyone was going to see it anyway. So I was just yeah, progress. But then when I like started getting out to more people, more people, it became more around like, Oh, I need to take another picture. Like my stomach, you can see it or like all this stuff. And then I realized I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. My stories aren't adding up. Like I'm telling people to move their bodies to be healthy and accept themselves. But here I am worried about my little belly bulge or whatever it is. And I'm like, Oh, by the way, it's for your organs. So that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, that's your uterus. I don't know if you know. Oh, (laughs) awful. So I'm just like, my father had a huge like slap in the face and I was like, okay, time to fix that and just get over it. And yeah, I totally shifted it to being like, whenever I'm going to post sometimes, like if I haven't posted for the day and I really want to keep up with the algorithm and I just need to get something out there. I remember there's been moments where I've just posted like a photo that I posted before because I don't want time to take a new one and I'll just put a caption just to like say something. And then I'll look back and I'll ask myself like in the shoes of somebody who's following me what are they getting from this? Like, literally this serves no purpose. Like it's just for me to try to beat the stupid algorithm. And so I did shift probably a couple months ago. And if I don't have anything to post that's helpful, it's not going to post. Yeah, I agree. In fact, I'm working with someone now out of LA who is helping me with when I'm posting, not for the algorithm, but just like in general, like he's like, you don't need to post every day, Stephanie. He's like, that's not what it's about. He's like, it's about quality. Make your audience like wait a little bit. He's like, fuck the algorithm. Like that will come. He's like, but it's like the quality of what you're posting. So he's like, tonight hit me up at like between seven and seven 30. And he's like, and we'll discuss like what you need to post and whatever. I've hired him to help me with just that because I was kind of all over the place before. And I didn't really have like a pattern or I wasn't classifying my posts. Like, is this a lifestyle post? Is this a fitness post? Is this a body positivity post? Like I wasn't classifying them and classifying them has really helped me. 
That's so true. Cause I changed my name. Cause it was Sophie Dolce Fitness. Yes. Four months ago. I guess it was, huh? But when I changed it, the, like half the reason I did was a people obviously know it's a fitness account when you see it. But also I was like, I want to do more stuff about life. And like, I don't know, like it doesn't have to just be fitness. I feel like that's really, obviously I know you're supposed to have like a very specific niche, but in my opinion, I'm like, why limit yourself? Like you can help people in an array of different forms. And it, just because someone's following you for fitness doesn't mean you can't help them with self-love manifestation. I don't know. Well, I also think if you were literally like your everyday job was working out in a gym, I think that would be different, but because you have a lot of stuff going on in your life, I think that's totally valid. Yeah. But I think on the other hand too, so much of me, like I'm one of those people that never had a passion or like really saw myself doing anything, which was really concerning to me when I was a senior in college, because I was going to apply to colleges and I call my parents crying. I was like, I think I'm just going to like die at a young age. Like I literally can't picture anything for myself. Looking back on it, I'm like, oh, Sophie, you will find your thing. But like, it was traumatic. And then now I feel like I've kind of found it. And I always said this since I was a kid, like I was always the person helping others, trying to make other people feel included. And I feel like now I feel like I'm kind of helping people. And that is giving me so much more purpose to life than ever that I feel more driven than ever to make this like it. However, that I can get there. And you'll get there for sure. I just think that it's important. You're so young that like you have time to do that. You have the time to really build a solid foundation and then you can invest more in your own business and get away from corporate life if that's what you want to do. Yeah. I think it would be so nice to have a little expert like what you have to tell you everything. Oh, yeah. It's expensive because he's also helping me with getting press out there about me because that helps you get verified. Like if you have press, right. And I know that having a podcast and being verified is really important. Like people will look at my account. They might like me, but they'll be like, is she an expert? Like, why should I listen to her? And then it's all of a sudden you see a blue tick and you're like, oh yeah, she's totally an expert. Like, yeah, hundred percent. It's all about perception, but it's important. And so like, that's why I made the investment. And, you know, I talked to my parents too. And I was like, this is a lot of money. Do you think this is a good investment? And they were like, yeah, like we, we do think so. So I was like, okay, I'll just knot it out for at least two months. That's okay. <laughs> you know what, though? I think it's so worth it. It's like investing in yourself. It's like, think of it. This is not on the same scale at all, but like a lot of people that are nervous to go to therapy, it's like invest in yourself. And it's like, invest in your future, invest in your company. Like this is your career. This is super important. Well, a lot of us have that failure to launch thing going on. Did you hear about the book I'm reading? No. It's called Think and Grow Rich. It gives you the kick in the butt that you needed to just run straight forward for exactly what you want in life. Who's the author? Napoleon Hill. It's an old book. Okay. But the reason I even like started reading it was I want to make a push for what I want to do, but there's so many like societal pressures that make me feel like I can't or that I shouldn't or that it's too risky but you don't ever want to live life settling. And I don't want to turn 60 years old and look back and be like, why didn't you do that? Like you had a chance, like really happy to your core and have a way better mental health. So I got this book because I saw a documentary, all the most successful people in the U S since literally forever use these ideas in the past, like 50 years. I've been reading this book multiple times a year, and it's really, really given them all the tools that they need to just drive their own business forward or follow their passion. Which oh, I cool. really like, yeah. So I remember recently you were having some personal 
stuff going on and you were like, I'm sorry, guys, I'm not posting. Like, I was like, Hey, like, how can I support you? How can I be there for you? But of course you give your friends their space. How did you pull yourself out of that? Uh, I honestly would say this sounds so goofy and cliche, but like, it was just the fact that, I mean, I had people messaging me saying like, are you okay? What's going on? Like, we miss your workouts. We miss your like daily positivity. Like they always say, Oh, I feel like we're on FaceTime on your stories. And they're like, we don't have that. And like, where are your tips? And I would not that it like guilt tripped me into it, but I was like, you know, this does bring me a lot of joy. I'm going through a really hard time right now. I think I gave myself a week off of posting and just being on there, but it was like, I miss seeing everyone. It feels like a big, massive family. And I don't know. It was just the idea that when I didn't feel like I was helping somebody or like inspiring them or influencing them to better their lives and that it had just like halted. It just, I don't know. I realized like maybe during this time, although it's really hard, I can let people know that I'm going through is that they know I'm not going to be like my 100% happy self, but I can still get the joy from what I'm doing and not have to like fake it. That's good. I mean, sometimes you have to take those days. I think there was a period of time where I literally deleted Instagram off my phone for like two months. And people were like, they literally were messaging my best friend. My best friend has like 3 million followers. And so she was receiving messages and she was like screenshotting them like in her request box and sending them to me. And they were like, is Stephanie okay? Like, (laughs) and so she was like, people think you're dead. Like you need to get back on. So the first post that I put when I came back was not dead, just living. And I truly like took that time to be away and collect my thoughts and then came back stronger. But sometimes you just have to take a break. Now I couldn't though. Now I can't because of the podcast, but like at the time. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's the thing is like a lot of people. And before I got into having like a social media that I actually cared about and was trying to turn it into something. I always would look at influencers and stuff or anyone that was large and just be like, Oh, how nice. Like they're just taking like a minute out of their day to post like how hard. And once you're in it, I mean, it is draining. It is hard. It is really fun. But like the amount of work that you have to put into it, I never expected it. And so it's kind of daunting the idea of being like, okay, amongst all this other stuff that I'm juggling amongst my life, like you don't really get that many breaks from it. If you do, Instagram definitely punishes for it. And so it's difficult and it it is a lot of pressure, I feel like. So taking that time off, I love what your caption was. I'm just living. Love that. Yeah. And I was like in Vegas with my family and I was hanging out with one of my guy friends from UNLV and he took this picture of me, like we were staying at the win and it's like me just on, like on the bed, like chilling out, watching TV. And that was the caption. And I think that it just... Just side note, I was still working a corporate job at the time. And I think that's a lot of my burnout was that. But now I have to tell you, so if like you trade that nine to five for a 24 seven, like when you go into this creator space and you're working 12 hours a day now, I'm working like 14, 16 hours a day because I'm constantly doing this because I'm like, oh, I got to email this. I got to do this. It's not like I'm scrolling or whatever all the time. Like sometimes I got to listen to this podcast. I got to listen to this person's course on feminine energy. I've got to go through my email, like all different kinds of stuff. Right. So like, I just want to tell you, and I think you're aware, just know, like it's a full-time job. (laughs) It's more than that. And no guarantees, like no guaranteed pay. Like it's really something. I know that's why it feels so risky and scary to jump. Right. But 
I guess question for you. Now I'm running the podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, what would you say was like the biggest pro of leaving corporate life? Cause I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that are like, I want to start doing this and I want to leave the corporate life. And it's such like a trend now. Yeah. What would you say like was a, the biggest push to actually make you do it? Cause that is the hardest step. And most people just don't. Are you happy about it? Hopefully. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. So I was in corporate hospitality. I did private event sales for like an upscale steakhouse here in Houston. And it's very famous. A lot of people go there. It's really amazing food, but it's hugely corporately owned by the Fertitta family, which they own, I think like most of California and Nevada and Texas. Oh, and, and also Louisiana. I'm pretty sure. They are everywhere. They used to own part of the UFC. Like they owned so many hotels and restaurants. And so you're working your ass off for someone who doesn't know shit about you. Like if you do great and you meet your sales goal, nobody's giving you a pat on the back. Nobody's saying, Hey, you really helped my life. You really changed my life. You really changed my perspective on things. Like no one's saying that they're like, Yeah. Hey, no one even says thank you for planning a good event. Like there's no thank yous ever. And not that I need that validation, but it's like, it's nice to hear some feedback about your work, any feedback at all. But all there was, was like negative, always negative. They used to say, Hey, you need to go drive around and drop off these sales kits. So then I would submit like an expense report logically with my mileage that I spent driving around. And my boss was like, why are you submitting this. I'm like, because I used my car to drive around for you guys to drop off sales kits. And he's like, yeah, but it's just like in a five mile radius. I'm like, yeah, but I drove like five hours doing that all day. You know what I mean? So whatever it is, it's like, you're not appreciated. And it's like the same thing every day I would go into the office. First of all, it was a closet. It wasn't even an office. It was a closet. And I had the roof hatch over my head. So if it rained, it would rain on my head. And I was underneath the ladder. So like every time I moved my chair, I would bump into the ladder. The environment was horrible. You're kidding. No, it was so bad. And if you missed a day of work, it was like the Spanish Inquisition, like doctors know, what did you have? Like, so I ended up just saying, fuck it. And I would go to work and I would put a mask on. And this is before COVID. So people were like, why is she in a mask? Like, does she have the Ebola virus or something? And it's so funny because it was literally like that December that I had gotten so sick. I wore a mask to work. And then two months later, COVID was happening. And I think I might've had COVID during that time. I don't know. December. Yeah, exactly. So the push that I experienced was I got laid off. Mm -hmm. So I got furloughed at first. First I was in quarantine because I was in Egypt. I was in Egypt when it hit on vacation. So I had to come back early quarantine. By the time my quarantine was about to be up, they furloughed me. And then later on in July, they were like, yeah, there's no business. Like we can't have people gather. So there's nothing for you to do. Yeah. So they just kept on my colleague. Cause she was like an hourly and I was salary. So naturally they cut the bigger, you know, the bigger salary. So that was the push that I had originally, but And I was like, I want to go in business for myself, but I had, again, this failure to launch. I had all the tools. I had all the equipment to do the podcast. I had brand new like Mac computer, like all that stuff, but I still had this failure to launch. And so 
I had to really check myself and pull myself together and get organized and get my mental health right because I was in like a shitty relationship where I wasn't being supported and or encouraged or anything. And it was looked upon as shitty because I was at home and not like at a physical place like by him. And so I just had to get out of that relationship (laughs) and just make sure you surround yourself with supportive people. The biggest pro I think is, and I always say this, it's like helping other people, like actually like being the validation that I receive is not physical. It's like in my heart, like, because I'm receiving these messages, this resonated with me. I just want you to know that I took a picture in this bikini because of you, like stuff like that. Like it makes me want to cry because I'm like, you have the confidence to go take a picture in a bikini because of me. I'm like, ah, that makes me I'm so happy. I feel yeah. very emotional now, but I don't blame you. Like one of my TikToks actually that blew up, it was about self-love and treating yourself like somebody that you love and kind of asking that question of, do you do that? And I was going through last night, there's a couple thousand comments and I was trying to go through them and get to people. And I was crying my eyes out last night and I was sending them all to my parents. And it was like clicking for so many people that they have not been treating themselves well. And it's like, I don't know. I just really feel like you need these reminders. And like, once you realize that you've made a difference in somebody's life, like they don't realize what that comment just did to you, but like it literally changes and shapes your life as a human. Okay. So if I don't say. Yeah, the, my username is taken, so I had to put a period in between. I got you. Whoever has got the real you. one, take it down, please. Okay, I had that Musical.ly app, Musical.ly, whatever it's called. But I think I posted like two things of me lip syncing like a long ass time ago. Yeah. Like that is Stephanie Joplin and I can't get into it to change it and take it away. So now I'm just real Stephanie Joplin because I couldn't use Stephanie Joplin. So did you like contact support? I don't even know how you that. I sure did. You can imagine it's taking a while for them to respond at all. So, so annoying. I know. I'm like, can I just talk to a person? Ugh. Never, never yeah. ever. For anyone that gets their Instagrams hacked or like anything. I just had a girl yesterday who she was at like 10.1 K and it was hacked into and you can't talk to anybody. Oh my God. I would die. There's one girl I follow. I'm sure you've seen her stuff, but her name is Drew something. And she basically just like, completely tears these misogynistic men, like a new a-hole. Like, yes. I saw on her Instagram that she hit a million and she lost access to her TikTok and they like banned her from her TikTok. And she was like, I'm going to die if something doesn't happen. So she was like, please, you guys, like, can you please write TikTok and email and tell them what my account means to you? She was like pleading with people because a lot of people that have say a couple million on TikTok, they might have like 50,000 on Instagram. They don't have maybe as many. And so you can imagine if she didn't have that many on Instagram, like what would she do? But she was able to get it back, thankfully. But I was just like, oh, her content's so funny. It's so good. Oh, she's amazing. But it's everyone's worst nightmare. It's more of that happening. Like you spend so much time and then not to mention all of your content is gone forever. I don't save mine. Like, yeah, I don't either. That's terrifying. I know it's so scary. So I was glad for her that she got hers back, but I was just like, I can't imagine having a million, a million. Oh, and losing your account. I mean, I'd love to have a million. I'd love to not lose it, but yeah, of course. But that makes you want to jump off a cliff. You know what I mean? Um, 
So that's heartbreaking. I know. So what is your goal? Like keeping in mind, obviously monetary, you want to monetize and all those are like typical goals, but what do you see for the future of say, let's take your Instagram, for example, like what do you see for the future of your Instagram account? It's such a hard question to answer because I never thought that I would be as into it as I am, you know? I know. I got to think about it. Honestly, the whole goal behind all this is to influence and help as many people as possible. Like that is literally it. So, and truly along the way, if I can influence as many as I've influenced today and that's all I can do, then I did my job. But it really is to just expand it and help more people and help things click for them with self-love, help them accept themselves as a human being in their body and not be so critical and not view fitness or food as something that's like a punishment and just enjoy it. Yeah. You got to flip your mentality towards food and fitness. You got to do that. And like one of my goals is to really hopefully get out to enough people to trump these terrible fads and like quick fixes and waist trainers and fat burning pills and all this stuff. That's just, it's totally just rottening the internet rottening. Yeah. It's poisoning. (laughs) But I saw you're right. I saw this girl the other day. She's like a fitness influencer and she's like, what I eat in a day, intuitive eating. And I was like, okay, intuitive eating. I'm really into that. So I watch it and it's literally like hardly any protein and mostly complex carbohydrates. And I'm like, girl, like she's very naturally skinny. And so like she could probably get away with it for now, but she'll have diabetes by the time she's 30. If she continues eating that way. And I sent it to my friend who is an intuitive eater, like certified nutritionist. And she was just like, I hate this. It's so frustrating. And she's like, it doesn't even matter if I say anything to her because she's not going to listen. It was just like oatmeal for breakfast. And then a big ciabatta sandwich with mostly like a huge chunk of bread with like a little piece of chicken and then like a side salad. And then it was popcorn. And then it was like grapes. And like, it was just literally like almost all carbs. I was like, what is happening? It's like, what happened to eating? Like carbs are totally fine. But like what happened yeah. to eating like whole plant-based foods or like your protein, like nobody has vegetables anymore. It's like, you can make them fun. I'll show you. I don't know. I just, it's the, what I eat in a day can be very, very toxic. I totally agree. And I think that people just need to understand, like you need a balance of the fats, proteins, and carbs. Like that's your little triangle. And you need to stay in that little triangle and they need to have like a certain ratio. And if you want to have a plate of pasta, have a plate of pasta, but eat it with an egg or two eggs or have some chicken with it. So it's not going to spike your insulin. Right. But people don't have that knowledge. And so that's why I have people like my friend, Nicola, that I was just telling you about, I had her on the show and I want to educate people because they just don't know. And I didn't know. I never used to know that. I was like, oh, I'll have pasta and I'll have it with pesto sauce. So it's more healthy. Like, no. <laughs> like more basil for me. Yeah, right. Veggies. <laughs> but really though, it's like, you don't know till you know though. That's the thing. Most people aren't on like a really extreme fitness journey where they have to look up this stuff. I mean, you learn some of this stuff in school, but a lot of that is proven to be pretty incorrect. So I feel like the more that we can kind of push away the really, really incorrect content and trumpet as like a whole big community and just make it better. I think that's my goal is, I think the other underlying goal for me is when I was a kid, I definitely had very bad relationships with food, very bad relationships with my body. I'm definitely not 100% over it now. I think it's something people, people struggle with probably your whole life, but a lot of it fed from 
other people's comments and stuff, but it was mostly like when the internet came out, like social media and stuff and seeing all these people and what other people are eating. And I'm like, am I eating too much? It was just, everything was wrong. And I was comparing and confused. And I just think that really funneled into the reason why I had so many issues really. So if I couldn't do anything, which I've gotten some message, which literally warms my heart more than anything in the world saying that like, I helped people with their eating and their relationship with their food and with their relationship with their body and how they view themselves. And like, if I could have had someone like me, cause I didn't follow anyone that was helpful in those. Yeah. Times. I mean, that would have changed a lot, a lot sooner. Well, the trend when I was in the most vulnerable age was everybody was Kate Moss skinny. Like their diet was cigarettes and diet Coke. Like that was their diet. So guess what I would have for lunch, a diet Coke. That's what I would have literally all day. That's what I would have. Oh. And I used to have like caffeine pills, caffeine pills and diet Coke like so unhealthy, but like nobody was there to teach me about nutrition, nobody. And there was no Instagram at the time, no Facebook, whatever. So like you said, it's like people just take what they see on the internet as truth. And I'm like, I really hope nobody is modeling what I eat in a day after this person. Like it's so hard. So you just want to share your story and be like, don't eat like this, but then you don't want to shame that woman either. Like it's just a very fine line. So it's a very uncomfortable fine line where it's like, you want to educate and you want to be able to show people like, this is what you're not supposed to do, but yeah, you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and talk crap, you know, you're like, listen, honey, like you look beautiful. You're just real skinny. And that's why you can eat that way. Yeah. Genetics play the, this is the other issue. Another thing I always try and teach is uh, literally me and you, me and anybody, we could eat the exact same things for entire lives, the exact same workouts. We are never going to look the same. And I think that's something once that clicks for people and they're like, okay, I see this famous TikTok girl that is stick thin, has her abs showing all the time, is never bloated, whatever. Why don't I look like that? Maybe if I starve myself, like I'm going to look like that. I see so many comments like that too on people's profiles or videos. And then I'm like, if you just understood, like genetics plays a big part, that person probably just naturally is happy that way, or actually could be a really big issue or Maybe they're really, really healthy and what they found works for them, but doesn't mean that you should ever be comparing yourself to them. That's like comparing a zebra to a pig. Like none of this makes sense. We're all made up differently. I totally 100% agree with you. And that's something that I think people really need to hear. So I'm glad we're talking about it because a lot of people are like, oh, I wish I could like get a flat stomach like you. I'm like, you can, it's called a tummy tuck and a lot of weight loss. And that's why I was candid about my tummy tuck because I was just like, I don't want people to think that I was able to get rid of all the excess skin myself. I couldn't have, I literally couldn't have the doctor, like literally had to like take all of that skin and take it off my body. Like that was the only way to do it. But I had to put in the work before that to lose that weight. And I still have like on my arms, like I still have a lot of excess skin right here. And I'm like, should I get rid of it? Should I get the surgery? And I'm like, do I really need it? Like this was getting in the way of my workouts, right? Like, is this really getting in the way? Not really. Like, not really. I could probably do without it. Would it be better for me aesthetically? Yeah, I think it would. But then I'm like, is it just vanity at that point? So I'm kind of having this internal struggle with that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think I have a very interesting perspective on like making any alterations to yourself. And I think a lot of people view it as like a form of self-hatred sometimes. Or like, oh, I I really hate this part of me. So therefore I'm going to change it. And it's just out of a total negative mindset. But I think with your situation, with any type of other thing that you could get done, 
to me, it's like to each their own. If that truly is going to make them feel more confident and it's not out of some like really negative, awful stuff that they're saying to themselves, they're just like, oh, you know, I would feel a lot better than what just like arm? whenever I do a photo shoot, it's like, can you just like tell me to how to pose my arms? Like I'm always conscious about my arms and I hate that. You know, I hate that I am conscious, but it's something that I have to admit. Yeah. I guess my thing is do your thing for you. It's your body. It's nobody else's body. I mean, it might take time to come to your decision, but if it's going to make you feel more confident and not as worrisome, then it's something that you might decide to do. And yeah, awesome for you. And if not awesome again. Yeah. Well, first I'd like to get back to the gym after this car accident that I've had. That would be great because right now all I can do is I have my Pilates instructor come here three times a week and we do basically like mat Pilates and physical therapy, like very small things like clamshells, right. That are like very small movements, but they're actually really penetrating deep into the muscle. So we do things like that, but I can't wait to get back to lifting and stuff, but I can't even lift a case of water right now. That's gotta be so frustrating, especially when you're so used to being active, like when that's away. Yeah. That's hard. And I have to watch my eating even more because the extra calories I was expending, I'm not expending anymore. So I'm like, "Mm, okay, I guess I can't have this pizza, but let me replicate the pizza. So today I had, like, I made myself a pizza, but I baked some eggplant in the oven. And then I used that as the base. And then I put pizza sauce and cheese and I broiled it. And it was like the taste of pizza. And I I actually really like eggplant. So it was good. I was a picky kid and I wouldn't eat any vegetable or fruit. Like I literally would make myself throw up instead of eating. I was the worst child. Like you did not want me as a kid, but now I'm great. No, but the only thing I liked was eggplant, eggplant and pasta. I love eggplant. It's so good. It's just delicious. And the greens are what I have trouble now getting down. And Nicola, my friend, she prescribed me. She's like, you don't need to take a daily probiotic. You need to have one salad a day and that's going to help your gut flora. And I'm like, okay. And literally since I have been doing that, like there's been such a change in my digestive health, like incredible. Oh, see, that's the one thing is I heard someone say, this could be wrong. Internet spreads a lot of bad stuff, that there is no true knowledge of the gut. And I don't know if that's true or not. Well, so she is like certified, yeah. Nutritionist. She works with people with eating disorders, like binge eating, things like that. Like that's something that I struggled with was like binging volume eating, stuff like that. I believe what she says. And she tells me, she was like, there's no true research on taking a probiotic. Like if you chew on a sugar gummy probiotic, that is not going to do shit for you. So she's like, the real thing to do is to make sure you have basically that you're just cleaned out from the inside out. Right. And she's like, if you're having the leafy greens, like that's going to help your gut. Now you could be right, but I believe her. I feel better. Like I was on probiotics for eight years, I would say. And I thought it was doing something, but it could have been a placebo effect. I have no idea. Yeah. I think it's hard, but no, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not nutrition certified at all, but I mean, I think the gut is one of the biggest things that people need to fix. I mean, I have serious stomach issues, so I'm going to start doing some more leafy greens. Yes. One big leafy green salad a day. She said like you could put chopped up apple, like lentils. She always talks about using primal kitchen for dressing. So, mm-hmm. but you should definitely follow her by the way. I'll send oh, you her yeah. profile. You would, you would love her. This conversation could go on forever. Like you are 
so fantastic. I'm so glad we got to actually talk because we chat all the time, but we don't actually sit down and talk. And I feel like we'll need to have you back like in six months to see how much you've grown. Cause I have a feeling it's just going to be up from here. Oh, I hope so. Yes. We're manifesting it, baby. We're saying it out loud. Yes. I love the manifestation journal that you do. I think that's so great. Can you tell people about that real quick? I would love to hear it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm getting more into manifestation. What I do every morning and every night, if I can, but always every morning is I write down five things of gratitude. I do five things of intentions and then I do as many manifestations as I want. So I've learned and I'm still doing some trial and error, but if you write things down as if you already have it, so think of like a goal that you have, say like, I already have X, Y, Z. I'm already happy in X, Y, Z. And if you write it down and then I always say it out loud afterwards, I heard that speaking into existence is key. Then that's when the law of attraction is going to come into play. And also whether manifestation works or not, which I like to think that it does, but even if it doesn't, like the more that you remind yourself of the things that you want and that you deserve and picture yourself with it, the more that you're probably just subconsciously going to make steps and little decisions in your day to get yourself there. But another new tip that I just learned that I'm going to try is to write out a story, like your story, and just exactly what you envision for yourself. And to do a meditation practice beforehand, that kind of guides you through, and I'll send you some of this stuff, what you actually truly want for yourself. And then you just write out the whole story. And then you start reading it out loud every now and then. And it's kind of like you just wrote your future. It's cool. I love that. I did the same thing you know, I'm single. So I was advised to do the same thing to manifest like the exact kind of man that I want, like literally write as many characteristics as you want of what your ideal man has. Right. So you're like, my husband has this, right. So I just wrote it like that. And it was hard to do at first. Cause I was like, I sound crazy. My husband has this, but as I went on, I'm like, yeah, My husband is intentional with me. My husband asks me on dates. He doesn't just ask me to hang out. He doesn't ask me to hang out on the same day. He makes a plan, like all these things. And I have found that because of my convictions, my dating life has changed. Not that I found anyone yet, but just like my convictions have changed to where my boundaries are set so early that I weed out all of the fuck boys, like immediately because they reveal themselves immediately. Oh, so that's helped. <laughs> that could be the universe working in your favor, but also it's you. You've realized too, you've sat down and be like, this is what I want. And I'm not settling for less. Right. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Of you. your, your husband's coming. Oh yeah. He's on his way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's actually coming up to my door right now. <laughs> yeah. He's here. I think that's Uber Eats actually. No, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I was going to ask you one more question that I ask everybody that comes on the show, but I think, I think I already know the answer to it, but I'm going to ask you. So say you saw 20 year old Sophie walking down the street and you got to go up to her and give her a big hug. And as you left her hug, you could tell her one thing. What is the one thing you would tell her? You can't just drop that question. Oh, yes, I can. (laughs) Yeah. This is so basic, but I think this speaks to everything that I needed when I was 20. I would say you are enough. I never felt like I was. And I finally understand it. Yeah, that's beautiful. I thought you were going to say something along the lines of like, do what makes you 
happy, I guess. Follow you know, your passion do, kind of a thing. Yeah, follow your passion. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I but, do- <laughs> yeah. Well, you can say that too. You know, I mean, was, I mean, that's fine. That goes with it too. But yeah, you are enough and you're more than enough. You're a beautiful person. And I'm so happy that the universe brought us together. So thank you for sharing such a positive and beautiful message with people. Thank you for being authentic. There's so many women in the fitness world and beauty world, because I would consider you beautiful that truly use their platform in the worst way. And it's more of like a toxic sort of cycle of them validating themselves in bikinis or workout videos or just one selfie at the gym. But you take that time to go a step further and make sure people are getting it. So thank you for being you. Thank you. No, I honestly, I feel like we were meant to have our paths cross. You are a beautiful, beautiful human. You're going to do so well with this podcast. It's just going to go up and up. Yeah, I've had so much fun. I feel like we've known each other for ever. I know. I want to come visit you. Like that'll be fun. We could do like a staycation. We could do like near you or something. We could go. I don't want to impose on your apartment. We can have a little staycation on the beach and that'd be fun. Oh, I'm I'm literally texting you after this. Yes. Okay, perfect. (laughs) See, you guys, URL to IRL. Oh yeah. URL to IRL. I like it. I like it. Okay. Wait, what does URL stand for? Is it? Don't ask me. I have no idea. I was like, wait, what does URL stand for? I've always wondered that. And now that you've asked it, I literally don't know. We'll have to Google it. I don't know if you have it anymore, but will you send me your background for your Zoom? Yes, I will. I'll go find okay, it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's just manifesting the apartment that we deserve, the place. Yes. Oh, yeah, I know. Windows overlooking a beautiful sunset. Oh, amazing. I'm moving to Italy eventually. I don't know when, but it'll happen. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I really, I'm like, actually. If you do, I'm coming with. Okay. Yeah, totally. So thank you again for being a part of Luxury Dropout. I can't wait till this episode comes out so I can share you with the world. It's going to be fantastic. So excited. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for having me. I seriously had so much fun. And that time just flew by. I know it's like already been over an hour pretty much. So, (laughs) okay. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. Well, that's it for today's episode. Hopefully you really enjoyed and took something away from Sophie. She is such a bright light and at such a young age, she's really got it all figured out. I think there's only up from here. Um, I think the only direction that Sophie can go is up. So If you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. If you like this video, share it with a loved one. If you think it's share worthy, go ahead and hit that notification bell so you don't miss an episode. And if you are listening to me streaming, I would love it if you could give me a five-star review. If not, thanks for being here and thanks for making it this far into the episode. It's really a treat to have you guys listen and to interact with me in every single way. I love it. I love you guys. I'm sending you all the love, all the hugs. So until next time, stay well, and I'll see you soon. That's a wrap for this episode of The Luxury Dropout. Make sure to visit stephaniejoplin.com to find all of Steph's episodes, including full podcast descriptions and photos of her guests. Until next time, besties.